button, button. Uh, wait, are, you, are, okay? are you starting? I'm, yeah. I mean, oh, I, thought... right, I gotta, I gotta give like the intro and stuff then. Oh yeah, you okay? Good. Welcome everyone <clears throat> to, as usual, a very special edition of the Per Thirty Six podcast. Today we are joined by special guests. One of our specialists. Our f- favorite agent, Mayor Zukai. Mayor, thanks so much for coming on. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, I mean, just starting off, like, because obviously for a lot of people, like, being uh, a sports agent is like a, a a dream job, but it also seems kind of abstract. Like, how do you break in? How do you really get started? So, like, just starting off, how is that something you kind of got your foot in the water to? And how did you really get kind of entrenched in it? You know, I always tell people if you want to break into a business like this, you have to bring something to the table, whether you have a strong marketing background, whether you have a relationship with a player, you know, that's probably the biggest thing you can bring to a table. But I don't believe in internships in our industry. Like really, who's going to teach you to be their competition, right? True. Especially especially in in an industry like this, where unless you're signing a guy to like an indentured servant, uh, indentured servitude uh, contract or whatnot, like you're gonna probably not know that guy within a year or two. He's probably going his own way. So, uh, true internships, in my opinion, really don't exist in this instant industry. No one ever taught me how to do it, uh, and no one really is gonna teach you how, like I said, to be their competition. But that being said, there are steps and measures you can take to uh, kind of break in. You know, um, I started on the music representation side. I was a music agent and I always wanted to do sports, but I just got lucky because one of my friends got a recording contract overseas. And for him, the U.S. was a secondary market. And he asked me if I wanted to, you know, contribute and be his agent in the U.S. And I said, why not? And he said it could be a little bit of work. It could be no work, but your name will be on my website as my agent. And I had nothing. I had I knew nothing about music. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I knew I know how to promote, you know, I know how to, I know how to promote people and, and things and and uh, concepts. So uh, with the advent of Facebook, uh, it really opened the door for musicians and concert promotion companies to leverage social media and advertising on social media. And I was one of the first to capitalize on that, believe it or not, one of the very first uh, just had a, an eye for that and a, a knack for that. And then, you know, one thing led to another, another player overseas, believe it or not, that knew one of the singers that I represented. He was a fan and he reached out to him on social media. And I'm the one controlling the social media page. (laughs) And then uh, he was like, hey, do you know a good agent? And I was like, well, actually, I do. (laughs) And then, you know, one thing one thing led to another. And then um, uh, here we are, you know, so about 10 years in, you know, I've uh, had players in the league. I've had players overseas players in the G League and and uh, been able to recruit a little bit from my from my alma mater at UCLA. Um, and then while I was waiting, you know, to finish undergrad at UCLA, I had I was able to write, you know, I was a journalist and just an innate ability because my father's a writer. He's a journalist. So I knew that maybe I wasn't a basketball player. I didn't know anything about really basketball per se or or whatnot, but I knew that I knew enough about sports and I was a good enough writer that I was able to maybe break in by kind of getting in my foot into the door through sports journalism. And then 
when I was 18 years old with bylines in the LA Times and the Daily News. And at that time, you know, you're looking at, you know, I'm sharing the newsroom with such people as, as I mentioned uh, on another podcast, Ramona Shelburne, Arash Markazi, uh, Jay Adande, Mark Stein, Gary Washburn, who, who covers the Boston Celtics for the Boston uh, Globe, Howard Beck. Him and I were in the same newsroom 20, 15 years ago, believe it or not. Uh, small, you know, secondary was paper that, in L.A. Was that straight out of college or while you, was no, that, while you were I was in. I was in college, you know. Uh, I, I don't like to take no for an answer. So for me, mm-hmm. uh, you, and, and you never know if you can do something unless, until you try. But so many people in our industry, your industry, they psych themselves out, you know. Like you guys, you guys had Mark Berman on your podcast. Yeah, I, 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 that that was that was big, right? Yeah, but, yeah, but like, pretty, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like you know, you you ask like all these other people that have podcasts or blogs, and they'd probably be even terrified and wouldn't even know where to start, right? I to mean, get Mark our, to get Mark Berman on there. Our first podcast ever, we uh we just cold called, reached out to Chris Copeland, just hoping that he would come on, and he did, and so that was our right? first episode. It was like, oh my god. But it's imagine, also like our last player to come on. To. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep uh, pushing it, but yeah. right, right. But yeah, but you never know. You got to try first, you know. So, um, and, you know, I, I got some relationships, you know, with some players on the Knicks. I know you guys are Knicks centric, so you know, maybe when we're done with this podcast, uh, there's a couple that owe me some favors. I'd be more than happy to talk to them. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And, you know, I, I don't just say things. I'll, I'll follow yeah. through. But yeah, you just you just never know, man. You gotta try, 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 and uh, you're gonna. In my industry, if you're batting a hundred, which is ten percent, you're successful. So it's really the pretenders are separated from the contenders, because most guys will hear no eight straight times and be like, "Screw it, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do it. I can't take rejection." You know, uh, but if, if I could, you know, if I, I didn't swing at every uh pitch i wouldn't even be married to my wife you know and, and i married up uh so um that's my advice to people always go out there and don't be scared to take no for an answer or hear no for an answer and no never means never it just means not now at least to me you know every time i hear something from someone unless they've cussed me out i'll follow up a month later two months later three months later and you can't you can't imagine the stuff that i've been able to do when the first time I talked to the guy, he was like, absolutely no. And then within like three months, you know, I, I had like a client driving a Mercedes for free, you know? Uh, I remember so. that. You, I mean, because one of the things that, I mean, was really impressive about you is, I mean, in terms of like the work we've seen you do, because a lot of it's probably invisible, but we can all say like with a guy like Mitch, I mean, mm-hmm. within his first year as, I mean, he was a second round pick. He he was really killing it in the endorsement game in, in the tri-state area. You had like the Westchester Mercedes. There was the other one. Mm-hmm. So he had a hotel deal. You know, and he had a shoe deal. Mitch didn't have a shoe deal. You know. How do you go about getting in contact with all these guys, making these connections with those players, and you know endorsements? Like, what's what's that process like? You, you know, sometimes my your resume speaks for itself, and I have a platform on social media that I, I could put up something and get 100,000 views on a video m- multiple times and or, or get good traction on something that I tweet. Uh, people are out there, players are out there, and they see it because players follow writers. 
players follow media members and you know you, you have your feed on social media on, on twitter and you see who liked who and if you see five people liked this post from this guy you'll be like who is this dude you know so i, I don't really don't have to reach out to anybody people are reaching out to me uh and uh you know eventually i think some of this stuff is going to come to fruition you know and um yeah you know you know we'll see but i, I play the slow game you know i think long term and i think i take a different approach like I come to the table when I come to a meeting with a prospective client with stuff already intact. You know, it's, it's everybody can come and say, if you sign with me, I'm going to do A, B, and C. I come to the meeting, I'll be like, here's A, here's B, here's C. If you don't even want to hire them, yeah. take it. If they work with you, they, if they want to work with you, these entities, then, then so be it, you know? But I've already done the work, you know? For me, it's almost essential. I can plug in a player, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in a certain type of guy, high character, but also a guy that's, you know, wor worth my time. You know, I don't I don't go after just every player. I could have eight players on, on NBA teams right now if I wanted to that are, you know, mid-level guys or, or even, you know, minimum guys or just just to have an NBA player. But I, I, I like to be a little bit choosy because I know what I bring to the table is very different than what a lot of other representatives and agents can do. I was just say what 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 sorry I was just say what what is like the typical like mayor pitch like you have a player for thirty seconds like what 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 do you say now? No, you know I, I gauge you know what kind of person they are. Uh, if if they're not uh, all about social media, they probably don't care too much about their brand. Unless I find out that maybe they do care about their brand, but they just had nothing. You know, either a guy is a hooper. Or he's a guy that's more concerned about stuff off the court. You know, yeah. usually you find you find that. So if I, I kind of figure out, you know, who I'm talking to. I measure him up, and I'll just say, hey, look, you know, I, I don't have a huge agency behind me, but I do have the ability to do things that big agencies can't. And I'm gonna always be there for you, for you at times when you need me. You're not gonna be have to be talking to a secondary person. Uh, I I am I am your agent. You know, a lot of times. Big agents have guys under them, under them that you know reach out to players and, and end up signing them and whatnot. But you're not a lot of times as a player, you're not actually dealing with the main agent. I am the main agent. You know, you're dealing with me. You don't have to worry about me ever dishing you off or not being available on the phone. So that's part of the pitch. And I tell them there's nothing I can't do. I, I really think you know outside of something illegal, uh, there's there's really nothing that nothing that I can't do. And uh, you know, players are like everybody else, like. They play basketball, but they also have needs. Like if their family wants to come visit them, they'll need a hotel, you know? And what if their family wants to come visit them once a month? You think they want to be out $2,000 a month on hotel, uh, you know, rates or, or price on uh, bookings? They don't want to be, you know, they might want a secondary car. You think uh, they wouldn't mind having a free car or, or whatnot or beverage? Everybody drinks water at home. All these athletes are either drinking water or juice, you know? So you, you want to really go buy water and carry lug around you know, cases of water or whatnot. So just stuff that I can do to make them easier. But I go in with a plan. You know, I don't, I don't want to re reveal too much about my trade yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I, I square them up. You know, I, I take a measured approach and I know what I'm getting into, which as you would do with any job interview that you're going into, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or interview. When you guys are interviewing somebody, you, you've done your homework a little bit. Of course. And like, yeah. yes, but like our, the way we approach um, 
each person we talk to is obviously it's different but it's nuanced like we definitely mm-hmm. have our are just ourselves and the usual approach we take to everything but obviously we're going to talk to mark berman different than we're going to talk to someone our age and kind of yeah right which brings us to our next question meyer what's it like writing for the new york post Sorry, bad, bad. <laughs> uh, tough cry, tough cry. Yeah. Okay, but wait. This this was the question I wanted to ask. <laughs> Coming off the, um, just talking about like how you approach being an agent because now we're kind of seeing, especially with the Knicks, but with Leon Rose, um, and as we've seen with Bob Myers, um, making kind of that transition from uh, agent. Obviously, it's different because at the point where Leon Rose was when he left, like it's more at that point that he's, he's kind of running a business. You know what I mean? He's pro- he, he yeah. probably has those secondary and tertiary people under him actually doing the communication. But what do you think that transition must be like for these guys going from agent to executive? And do you, do you think it can work? Hey, I mean, uh, there's been a, a little bit of a precedent there, you know, Jason Levian, he went, you know, from the agent business, uh, to working, I believe, with the Jazz and then the Memphis Grizzlies. And now I believe he runs the Washington, D.C. MLS team or is involved there. Really? Uh, j- yeah, Justin Zanuck, right? The yeah, general of manager of the Utah Jazz is a former agent. Uh, obviously, Bob Myers uh, and Rob Palenka. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, but I think Bob Myers was kind of like one of the ones that made just the big, big splash just because you know, right when he got there, you know, the team also did well, and probably a lot to do with what he did. Obviously, another UCLA guy, so uh, he's a little bit older than me, but, you know, I I remember him. Uh, You know, Leon Rose, obviously a legend in his own right, you know, has been around for a long time. I think uh, if you're going to hire people from the business sector, uh, or at least the business sector within an organization, I don't see why those people can be qualified, but someone who's been doing a lot on the basketball side can't, you know? Yeah. And like, like one, one person that I think, uh, I think she's very happy where she is and she is so sharp is KB, Kristen Berner, uh, with Madison Square Garden Company with the Knicks. You know, she's vice president of business ops, but she was, I believe she was president of the LA Sparks and she wow. was pr- president of the New York Liberty. Right. And and the New York Liberty and the Sparks were perenni- perennially great teams. You know, the Sparks, you know, up until a couple of years ago and they were sold last year by the Knicks. But, you know, a year prior to that, they were, you know, top five team in the NWNBA, you know. So she knew what she was doing. She's transitioned, you know, more to the business side with MSG. But I wouldn't discount her one day running an NBA organization, you know, whether as president or, or even on the on the general manager side. But. She is, she is, she is sharp. And, and I mean, kind of speaking to just the, uh, the, the Madison Square Garden company and the Knicks, right? I was on Jonathan Macri's uh, podcast recently. You guys had him on. Yep. Yep. Uh, we, we listened to the pod. Yes, right. Right. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I talked about Mr. Dolan a little bit, but Mr. Dolan just doesn't own the Knicks, right? He owns the Rangers who, uh, you know, were, were in the playoffs, you know, up until a couple of years well, ago, per, you know, continuously. Yeah, right. That's, that's the kind of like the converse to where like it's really easy just to rail on Dolan for his inability to build a consistent winner, but it's it's hard to 
put it all on him in that way when you look at the Rangers, who no one ever mentions dysfunctional ownership, and they've been mm. one of the most stable franchises for decades. I mean, because that's the thing about the Knicks, is it's just a very volatile environment, it seems, in job. Right. Yeah. Look, uh, one element that's important is luck, right? you got to get lucky, too. You know, it's not like the Knicks or other franchises going into drafts don't want to pick the best player, you know? So a little bit of luck is involved also. Uh, I think there are other franchises not under a microscope that have not done well and have had, you know, a turnstile of coaches and front office people. Uh, So it's just magnified because the market is, is New York, you know? Yeah. And you can't. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one, no one's uh, gonna like. Everyone always gets mad that the Knicks are always like made fun of by Bleacher Report and ESPN, but like, no one cares about like the Kings or anything. Like, it's New York. It's more fun to yeah, roast right. uh, the big. And and it's just the fact that because we we haven't won a championship since 1973, it's kind of like a running joke at this point because it's it it's the most ravenous basketball. I mean, as you probably experienced with your just the amount of time you spent around. Uh, the team and Mitch and just the fans. I mean, Knicks fans are ravenous, and for yeah. as impatient as they are, I mean, they they probably are the most passionate fans that exist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's no secret formula, because I promise you, if there was, Mr. Doran would have bought it by now. Uh, you know, the and you know he would have exercised it. Uh, this is just it's a slow play now, and you have to make changes here and there. And you see, have to see what works. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want my my critique of him or extolling him. You know, exhorting him and saying that I feel like he's doing such a great job. Take away from the fact that I don't agree with everything that's going on in that organization. Yeah. You yeah. know that I didn't that, that I didn't butt heads with with some people there. Yeah. Uh, that that I didn't think some people were were uh, were not professional. Yeah, you know, uh, but that just happened. That's his life, right? And uh, you know, I may have a, a client there next year. I may never have a client on the Knicks again. You know, I'm gonna have a client in, in the NBA period. But, but I, you know, I, I'm just calling it as it is, man. You know, yeah. and you have to realize yeah. also every time somebody departs from the Madison Square Garden, Madison Square uh, Garden, Madison Square Company, uh, Garden Company, or they depart from the Knicks, like. Not every time, but I see a lot of shots fired on their way out. And how how graceful is uh, Dolan? Doesn't say anything. Thank you for your time. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard to find an actual like hard, you know, like say, say what you want about Dolan, but he he's it's hard to find anyone to actually say like, oh, he mistreated me when I was well, on the Knicks. Like everyone, everyone likes him. I don't think. And, yeah. I mean, and, I'm not, and he seems to really like. You can speak to this too, like with how you saw him interact with. Mitch, who's really considered probably at this point either him or RJ the cornerstone of the team. I mean, you see what Tyson Chandler said about him. Like he seems to really care about his players. Like right, right. From from the smallest like time employee at Madison Square Garden, you know, to the security guards, to you know anybody up up on the hierarchy, he has exhibited respect. He's very respectful. He's very conscious uh, of everybody and. It's not easy being someone like that, man, where you have to, like, worry about so many things. You'll never have peace of mind going to sleep when you're someone like James Dolan, when you have thousands of people whose livelihood is predicated on the business decisions you make, from shareholders to employees. 
and everything could be going right. But if a player is worried that he's injured and he's on your basketball team and there's no like if he's gonna you know what he's gonna come back and it's stressing them, he's worried about that too. You know, the the more more money, more problems. Uh, they're gonna turn things around here pretty soon. I, I have a I'm confident. I hope so. Um, to go back to one thing you said earlier, or two things. One, I just felt kind of bad listening to that McCree podcast because he mentions multiple times that like he had to wait like a year. Meanwhile, like we reached out like a few weeks ago, we were able to <laughs> right. we were able to get on that pretty yeah. fast. <laughs> Don't call yeah. McCree. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, also just talking about GMs bec- uh, joining management, um, I was just wondering, you know, is that is that something, you know, obviously, you, you know, and I'm not saying you're necessarily like planning to get GM, but like, is that, is that something you see down the line? Like, what is like the big term goal? Like, we do want to just become yeah, like, yeah. like a, a, a just to add, just like, to, maybe yeah. do something um, else. I, I, I will work for an NBA front office in an executive position within the next 10 years. I'm confident. Mark it down. Uh, but, uh, and I also have the best is still, uh, my best is still ahead of me, um, and I have a pretty pretty big plans, and I've had some stuff in motion here for a couple of years. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how everything unfolds. Um, but the, I also took a special interest uh, with with New York being around it. You know, I was I'm West Coast based. You know, so I'm a guy from LA, and then there there are the Knicks. You know, you're so far removed from it. And then I was a Bulls fan growing up. So I, I didn't even like the Knicks, you know, uh, but just being around it and seeing how passionate they are, like Oklahoma City and New York. Those are big to me are the most passionate fan bases in, in basketball. You know, uh, obviously you have the Lakers, you know, and whatnot, but I'm not sure the people that go to those games are actual basketball fans. A lot of that is pomp and circumstance yeah. and, and yeah. you know, but but I, I think the Knicks, uh, I would love uh, uh, to play a role into deliver, you know, delivering players there in the future as an agent, you know, and contributing to uh, the possibility of them winning the championship, you know. So I, I would, uh, I mean, that'd be awesome. There's just nothing like it, man. And people, like you said, are so passionate and starved for a winner. And, uh, you know, that, that would be super, super cool. Yeah. Um, I know you were talking down on internships before, but hey, if you get, if you get one of those yeah. NBA front office yeah. don't jobs, for, don't you know, forget about us here. Oh, right, right. <laughs> you yeah. could, uh, yeah. I will never, I will <laughs> never talk to you guys again. <laughs> see, see how you guys pick on these guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was the other thing you were talking about uh, social media earlier and how players see that. I've been kind of feeling bad lately. How like Bobby Portis definitely yeah. sees me that's, like that's the thing in but, yeah. his uh, what, mentions. Usually, that, usually boot. I think go for it. Your last encounter with him, like I honestly, like I felt, a, I felt really bad. He, I felt, I felt bad. Really bad. He said, "What he, happened? Tell me." So basically, no, he, he just, he just tweeted. No, no. So Bobby Portis <laughs> tweeted basically something along the lines of it was during um the Jordan doc. Last dance. Yeah, during the last dance, and he was basically tweeted something like, "How many players in today's NBA could have?" could have played in, like, that physical era, basically. And I say, and, not you. <laughs> no, he said, Alex goes, not <laughs> you with your, what would you say, with the porous defense and you know, mid-range Jays in one point. I said, I, I said, I said you're one and a half free throws attempted and, yeah. uh, yeah. 
and then, uh, Matador defense. It was a pretty and then, lame. Like, and so I saw that, too. and immediately I texted him. I was like, wait. And then I looked at the replies, and this someone came in and stood up for Bobby Portis, and Bobby responded that, being like, hey, man, I really appreciate it. I don't, I don't need people standing up for me. Um, some people just don't get it. And I texted Alex. I was like, you messed up on this one. Like, you... you, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, right well look look i i think <laughs> right it's just it's just such a uncharted area right social media and having access to players and, and people yeah. but as long as you don't get personal and you're spewing facts and especially if those facts are underscored by, num- by I numbers used, by numbers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just free throws attempted defense i wasn't like you suck like as a human being i was just like like <laughs> Just not a fan of you as a basketball player. Yeah, but the still, difference still probably a bit. bit I get harsh, it. You know, I don't look. I, I actually, I actually reached out to Alex numerous times via Twitter, Insta, you know, direct message, and I was like, I like what you're doing, you know, and keep on keeping on. No, he uh, has but, a great voice. Yeah, within his yeah, voice. and he, but but remember, I I think if you if you want to be not that you're not, but if you want to be taken serious uh, seriously as a media entity or a journalist, you have to call it both ways. If you only call it one way, you're a brown noser, right? And yeah. if you're only calling it one way, you're you're trolling and you're a heckler. Yeah. And a brown brown yeah. noser is one end, heckler on the other end. Neither of them are reputable. Right? No, I mean I, I right. do I do try to I try to do that. I mean I, I think I've even acknowledged that like, you know, Bobby Portis he, he honestly played pretty well in the second half. And of, you could and also like, say what, you could also say with Bobby like. There's some onus on how he was used. Like if he was used as a stretch four and not asked to defend the paint, and you just you just let Mitch man the paint and you spread the floor around him. I mean, Bobby can shoot. We saw that. Like he had a few yeah. of those explosions against the what was it? He had that game against was it the Bulls or the Wizards when he the went. Bulls, his, his revenge games are serious. Oh man, right? He, I mean, he single-handedly won that game against yeah. the Bulls at MSG. Yeah, that was literally. I mean, that, he won that game. I mean, so I don't think I saw MSG louder during the season than that game. And that's that's what shows you about the Knicks. People are like, you know, because people are like, you know, people like me are why players don't want to come because I'll be mean to Bobby Portis. But at the same time, like, I don't think anyone's gotten like a louder cheer for like a random win over the Bulls like ever. I mean, we yeah. we'll chant, we'll ch- we'll we'll idolize anyone who's like moderately good. Yeah. Like if Bobby, yeah. like. No, well, we, he's we better than moderately good. I think he's, yeah, he's, come on. he's but but you know, like I said, not every player is perfect, like like you said, you know. Um, but but uh, you know, th- these guys, I think it's a fair game. You know, they're out in, in the public sphere. If they're out there on Twitter, they're exposing themselves to that. They also have to expose themselves to the bad, also. Well, and, I mean, part, uh, yeah. part part of the reason for my ire is because like he and like a few others of them before the season were like we're bringing back the '90s Knicks. Like, we're not going to get embarrassed. So then when they suck, it, you know, it gets, you know, like, if they didn't say anything, I probably wouldn't be as mean. But yeah, that was yeah. uh, Dennis Smith saying he's not going to, he's going to, it's like bully season. And then he was the one that got bullied, you know. It gets, it gets me, uh, you know, it's like. Well, you're passionate. Me. Yeah, you're passionate. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to want to see. But uh, it's also like, <laughs> I think what's, I think what's almost, like, within the social media world that we're in, where everyone is on display at all times, and everyone is super accessible, and everyone has an opinion. Like I find myself like when me and Alex like are like in one of those bad moods about the Knicks, and we're just shitting on everything. Then I realize like, hey, like these guys are my age. Literally, 
in the public sphere just trying to figure right. just trying to figure their life out and like also at the same time be a good basketball player like there's and you can attest to this like and this is something I, I've always wondered is we never really like remember how much what happens off the court affects what happens on the court and like I want to ask you as being an agent and playing a role in these guys personal lives like can you t- kind of talk about the correlation between those two things like just their development off the court contributing to their play well one thing i will speak to is i'm amazed how professional athletes can brush off a lot of times what's happening off the court and still perform on the court as if nothing is going on and i think that's part of their makeup as athletes right they have physical abilities that you and you guys and me don't yeah yeah, but they also have this gene within them that really nothing could stop them, and for them to persist and come out the best high school player amongst this many high school players wherever they're from, and the best college player amongst this many college players in Division One, and then to get to where they are, they always had to beat everybody out, no matter what distractions they had. And at some point, some of these guys didn't have the proper food on their table when they were younger, right? So they're, yeah. I hate to say it, but they're wired differently than me and you. They've seen yeah, crazy. They've seen crazier sh- shit than you guys and I have. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, like we're we're sitting here in homes, on you know phones and doing interviews yeah. that we can put up and literally uh, my parents' yeah. basement. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Literally. You know. Literally. But those guys have been through crazier stuff, and I I am just in awe sometimes when I see what they're able to do. And then on the other end, not any player that I represented, but some of these guys will party all night long and then go put up like 20 points at Staples Center on the road, you know? And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't oh, understand that how, at all. <laughs> how, you know how, you know what I mean? But they're just wired differently than me and you. It does affect them because they're still human, but I think they're able to mask that a little bit and and, and take care of the job that they're they're out there to do. That's, I mean, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, it, that that whole aspect is definitely impressive, just like, Overall, I mean, I have Reddit messages from like 2014 that'll still keep me up at night. It's like, why would they say that? So to, to be able to brush off some of the things, <laughs> to be able to brush here, off people like you, yeah, <laughs> just trying to enjoy a Jordan documentary just to be roasted for how many free throws a game they're yeah. taking, right? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's impressive. Also, just like in general, they're like six cents to like be able, you know, both ways too, like if. You know, like a so like a fan's asking for like a picture or autograph. The way they're able to just like stay like focused and like keep shooting. Like I don't know how they do that either. But uh, tough man on the road, especially like if you lose a game, but then you have family. Let's say the Knicks are playing in Portland, right? And they visit that city once a season. And this season they got blown out by like forty, you know, or thirty. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to go say hi to like somebody. Yeah. And you're like, uh, can we just do it next time? No, you're not gonna come to Portland again for a year. Like that, that's a little bit tough. And again, they're just wired differently than me and you. If we have a bad day and we go home, we don't want to talk to our parents, yeah. you know, when we're younger or like our girlfriend or our dog. Exactly. So those guys have to and like press. have a bad day. Like, yeah, they, oh, they, press, they, yeah, media. They, they have a bad day, they have a bad showing, and then immediately they get bombarded with questions about yeah. bad day that's going to be put in national media. Like, yeah. I'll be yeah. upset. I'll be upset and like working on something and my mom will like ask what I'm doing and I'll get all mad. If like everyone knew something bad was going on with me and then like I had like 10 and microphones, 10 and microphones saying, like, why do you suck? 
that would be you know it'd be a lot yeah 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 or even like yeah. even with the jordan documentary like like eight microphones in the face like why are you in atlantic city last night why are you in atlantic city like just i mean they have to answer they have to answer for things that we would never have to answer for but yeah. i mean that also that also comes with everything i mean you, you know, know what let's 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 play a fun game you guys want to play a game here yeah let's play yeah game. i mean you, you guys I'll, are I'll media, like you guys are in the media so uh and you know everyone's sure. kind of aware of the big figures in the new york media that cover the knicks yeah let's all go around and uh i'll say a name and you can only use one or two words that pop into your mind to describe that that media personality okay. or, or figure okay okay, okay. is that first cool because the media are so, at, are so important you're better Let's at running this podcast than we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i just thought yeah you know because you, cause you guys like, have had it. you guys had you know you had berman on here you had macri you know who's in, in his own right yeah. he's independent yeah. but, so uh let's let's start with um let's start with uh ian bagley simon i, I yeah. he's fair he's fair and i like what you said that uh, this is more than one word. Definitely. Yeah, you can use more than one. You can more, you can use more than one word. Oh, oh my bad. I thought it was one word. My bad. One, one or two words, but then just explain. He it. he walks that line really well. Where you said before how you, you can't be a brown noser and you can't be a heckler, and there are media members on both sides. And I think Begley is one of those guys who who does a really good objective job of reporting both the good and the bad. Yep. What what do you think? Yeah, Ross. I mean, I. I, I'd say, like, my word would be real. I mean, he, like, he, you know, he, de- he definitely, especially as, like, a media guy who has to, you know, manage personalities and stuff that he's trying every day. I, I, I think he definitely does a good job. I mean, I remember, like, the whole, like, mellow drum with Phil Jackson got me, like, very mad. And he, he was, like, vouching all the real points. Like, mellow was, like, a professional and stuff. I mean, I don't know. That, that's what I remember about him. He wasn't just like, mm-hmm. you know, being like a, a blase passive Like, he'll, he'll be real. And like, sometimes people will get annoyed with him. But like, I'd say he's like a real, genuine guy. He's going to say what he believes, which is hard as like a, a journalist. Like, I, I'd Especially say in I New York. It's yeah. real. It's measured. Because then, then you got guys like Bondi. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me say, I, I think Bagley, Ian Bagley, uh, calls it both ways, you know, yeah. and a very diplomatic. Uh, gets his point across, but very diplomatic, and uh, and a, you know, good dude. Yeah, but but Bondi, Bondi, Stephen, just like, Stephen Bondi, Bondi just likes yeah. to instigate. Yeah, Bondi, my word would be pessimist. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes I like what he says because, like, it's you know, if because sometimes he'll he'll be correct because there is a lot of things to be bad about the Knicks. Like sometimes, like you know, as he's saying everything, like there will be like one or two things where it's like you know, I, I agree with that. Everyone's mad at him, but like I think he's right. But in general, he's he's not attempting to play it both ways. But then at the same time, he has this weird propensity for where like right now he's saying like the Knicks are gonna trade for Trey Young. Like I was just about to say that. Yeah, um, like he gets weirdly optimistic. He, he was saying like they, they they should go after Kyrie too. So I don't know, pessimistic, but then also like weirdly like he's star raw. chasing too. Yeah, he he's like raw. He'll call it as it is, you know. And yeah. I don't I don't uh, but. I don't think Bondi puts stuff out there. I think he's pretty, pretty well connected. So if he comes with like a Kyrie story, which didn't happen, or it comes, you know, with a story on another player. I mean, it was close to happening, honestly. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I, I still to this day wonder, because I mean, I, I tweeted this a while back, but um, I saw Rich Kleiman like outside 
my apartment building in New York this past summer. And I was like, Rich, like, it killed me seeing KD go to the Nets. Like, I thought he was going to be a Nick. And he looked at me, and he was on the phone. He put the phone down, and he goes, me too, bro, me too. Wow. So I still to this day wonder if he doesn't tear that Achilles, if the, if there's a difference. I yeah, do. Yeah, right, right, right. Because right. I think the pressure of ha- – like – but I also understand him not choosing the Knicks because the Achilles injury. Because if Katie comes to the Knicks, the expectations are just astronomical. Yeah, and, I mean, I like. I agree. But to no, carry, yeah. to carry the Knicks with like one Achilles is thirty-one gold kitties. It's a lot of responsibility. So I mean, right, right. I. Uh, How about a guy uh, like? So wait, when you um when you consume basketball content now now i'm not talking just talking like new york media who are people that you really respect like obviously because i really enjoy like the ringers content and their mm-hmm. content. like kevin yep. o'connor i think is is he he really walks that line perfectly in oh my kevin o'content kevin o kevin o'content yeah kevin i was listening i was listening to that podcast while walking yeah he's uh <laughs> i actually I, I got to know him a little bit last year and we we, uh, we text him uh talk uh you know uh, a few times and, and still keep in touch pr- professional chris vernon who runs that yeah. ringer podcast i knew when he was just a local writer uh in memphis 10 years ago he looks like so, he's uh, 20 he looks like yeah he still looks like he's 20 and back crazy. then he, it's crazy he, back then he was hawking outside the arena i remember w- w- while doing that and the money was going to charity or something but these grid and grind tony allen shirts like he printed really? them up and he's like yeah but he's he's dope that that culture is dope there um but yeah like uh, he, he's cool. Uh, Steve Popper, right, yeah, with Newsday, yeah. Uh, which uh, Newsday, if I'm not mistaken, is owned by James Dolan's brother. Did you know I, that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I knew it was a connection. I didn't realize it was his brother. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, I think that's what it is. But Steve uh, Popper is a consummate professional, you know, uh, and uh, he he calls it both ways as well. I think he stays in his lane. I don't think he's the guy that's going to break news often, but he's going to give you the, the insight that you want to hear. And he actually did break news, I think, recently with with one one component uh, of the front office changes or whatnot. So he is he's really good. Um, Mike V. Oh, actually, you guys, you guys know, you oh, guys yeah. see Popper. You guys know yeah. see Popper. Mike yeah. V. Vor- yeah. Oh, Vor- Big Vor- Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like Vor- and th- but then there are people like uh, Frank Isola who just loves to stir the pot. Well, I, you don't I think don't Isola loves to stir the pot? Uh, but I know. joke. I think he, I, I there's sometimes we appreciate it, and I do think it's lighthearted. But he definitely right. he definitely likes. Yeah, I don't. Like I don't know. I'll, I'll, I can't ever actually bring myself to like. I always make. I always get into it. Like Isola, I don't actually get into it. Never responds. But I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to actually ever hate on, like, Bondi or Issa. Like, even if they're going for reaction, like, I don't know. I kind of respect well, it. It's fun. It's, and, you know. And this they're, was, they're good at it. Yeah. I mean, because that's, that's, uh, that's what you do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's fun, I respect it. Yeah, I, I do. I do, too. When we had Berman yeah. on, one of the things we asked him was, 
because you always see on Twitter like that back and forth between all the New York beat guys. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's that actually like? Like, is is because the, they're together all the time. Like, what what's the conflict like? What's the camaraderie like? And he's like, oh, we're all just in a group chat all oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Berman, I I actually Berman Berman is just such a unique guy in all aspects that you really just have to respect it because sometimes you'll be like what is he doing and sometimes he'll write an unbelievable piece that he usually gets good info like i you talked to berman at one point right for uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not very close to him or a lot of these beat writers but you know i was, I was around them enough but go ahead no i mean saying. and like specifically like my first time so i went at i was walking on the street in the city and there was some uh, speaker event right before the draft last year. And, like, Jer- literally walking by and Jarrett Culver and John Morant were there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to walk in. And I ended, ended up sitting next to him just in the in the row of chairs. And I was like, oh, look, Mark, like, yeah, like I just asked him a bunch of questions. And he was great. Like, we talked for, like, yeah. 40 minutes. Um, and then so when, when we circled back to have the podcast a few weeks ago he was actually he was really open and it it just seems like it's easy to get kind of jaded in that world yeah like, yeah that's that's a good observation he's a he's a he's, he surprises you sometimes he's a he's passionate i think about yeah. what he does i would that's what i would how i would describe him you know he's a passionate dude and uh and i think he's a stellar writer yeah I think he's, he's a pretty good writer not that other guys aren't, but I think that's one of his strengths. I like I like the pic the paint the picture that he paints and the way he frames things. You know, yeah, hundred um, percent. I like him, Chris Chris Eisman. Uh, you know, he, he's a pro. Barbara Boxer, uh, Brian Mahoney. Uh, am I missing anybody from the the major beats? Uh, Tommy Beer. You know, Adam Zagoria. Seen those guys a lot. Tommy Beer, man, he 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 doesn't say a lot on Twitter. But all of a sudden he'll say something and you'll be like, oh, damn, Tommy, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. where'd that come from? And then like, you know, he's got, got you know, the, the 12 gauge, you know, shoddy that he brings out. Yeah. Once in a while. So uh, he, do, he, do, he does a good job. Chris Eisman, quiet, but he's all, you can always tell he's thinking, you know, he, he's thinking it and he's doing it. You know, one, one of the younger guys and uh, Bork. Uh, Bork, yeah. I don't think he ever takes no for an answer. Really? Yeah. He's always just digging and just... He's. I mean, he had some stuff last year like that, you know, you were like, wow, how did he get access to these people or write this article when nobody else was talking to these people? He's And he's always around. You have to always be present. He comes very early to the games. He's there. Howard Beck is just so versatile. You guys listen to his full 48 uh, sometimes. podcast? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. He's so, good. So well-connected, veteran, so versatile. And and just so, you can talk with that guy for like hours, man. And he just knows so much. I talked so for much. a bit at uh, Sloan. Oh, he was there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone hates him, but I had like a little like two minute conversation hey. with him about Kenny Atkinson being fired. A, a lot, a lot of Knicks fans do because you know he's again. I can't really hate, bring myself to hate on any of these guys who are like know, cynical about the Knicks. Knicks. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not saying. I'm just saying a lot of like. Big Nick, like a lot of Knicks fans on Twitter's Twitter don't don't like him, but he was nice to me. I have no, I have no qualms with Howard. Now, uh, yeah, 
I do. Our, our, the this podcast is kind of ripped off of his unintentionally. He's the full 48. We're per 36. 36. So. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so, okay. A little bit. I don't yeah. know that. Yeah, but he's you should. Very, very good to do it. But, hey, you know, the media in New York is so varied and they're all so different, you know, and, and, they, and they also deserve a winning product also, you know? It's tough, man. Your yeah. job affects your life and if you're, you know, misery loves company and you got all these people around you, but I've, I've had the opportunity to go with some of these guys and, and, you know, grab drinks after a game. I, I remember on the road trip to Dallas this year, which was a big road trip, right? They, yeah, had yeah. The, they yeah. won, they won against KP without Mitch. Uh, but we, we, we caught some beers after the game. Uh, actually, I think it was a game before I was there early and they were playing the magic uh, the night before. So, uh, and, and I got to know these guys a little bit on a personal level. Like I said, I don't keep in touch that often, but, but uh, I think the best in the business is in New York. Not LA, not the Bay Area. The best in the business is in New York. Easily. Easily. And it's not just the media figures. Look at you guys. There's nobody doing stuff that you guys are doing. You think like, 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 like a, a 20-win team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, but you know, like, you guys are active and you guys, this, this is a labor of love for you guys too. Yeah. You know? No. Exactly. Uh, but like, you, you think like the Berman equivalent in LA is going on a podcast. Have you, uh, yeah. have you listened to you, some of those podcasts? I have, we have, we have. I mean, New York's just a different energy. I mean, it, it right. really is. It really is. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I mean, it's a, it's a different level of passion. It's just yeah. like, what are we going to do? We're going to have some basketball this season, guys. What do you think? Oh, I, I actually want to hear what you think. You think the season's canceled? Yeah, I just, uh, look, I want to see basketball happen because if it doesn't happen, it's going to cut into money next season. Yep. And yep. the less money that players make is also less money that agents make. Uh, also, I think my children and my wife are sick of seeing my face. Yep. Uh, I like that. You out of the I, house. Yeah, I like that when I came home sometimes and my daughter didn't remember who I was or something. You know, she's young. <laughs> Uh, but you know, like, you know, man, it's the inactivity, you know, uh, that's yeah. why I was like, I'll be on your podcast. <laughs> no, no, I love, I love you guys. Uh, but you know, we, we, we all want to see it, man. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying this since day one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially the way things are going, I don't see it happening. I, I love the like Disney idea, but if it hasn't like happened, the wheels haven't started turning and I don't, I don't know. I mean, if the, I don't know. I, I just really realistically don't see it happening at this point. It just doesn't seem like the the, the stuff it would take is, is there. I don't know. Just the wheels aren't turning enough a bit for me to see it realistically happening. I would love to see it happen. I mean, I would yeah. kill. I would kill to watch. Like, I mean, even I don't yeah. Know, anything. <laughs> and do you? Th when do you think? The, the cutoff point is for the NBA to just be like, all right, we can't have a season or just we're scrapping it. Or do you think it could be like August 1st and they're like, hey, we're going to just occupy this amount of the Vegas Strip or Disney World and yeah, there for three weeks? Like, Okay, um, there are some uh, deadlines with respect to force majeure and all that to come into play here in the next few days. Uh, but everything with regards to CBA and stuff like that is always negotiable or can be modified. I just think you need, I think they came out earlier, a few minutes ago, actually, that with the conference call with the MBPA and the NBA that said they're looking to realistically at a three-week training camp. Yeah. So let's say the season starts June 1st, or let's say training camp starts June 1st. Yeah. And then you got your first games the last week of June, and I think you need a good month and a half 
right? From yeah. there to finish yeah. the season and the playoffs and the playoffs. So let's say essentially you're starting in July, you're ending in mid-August. Uh, yeah. And then you need to give the guys that are usually accustomed to how many months off usually for a losing I mean, team, losing you, team until the get, next season. You get April to what? April to November, April to October. Yeah. April, yeah. Six April months. To, is that right? Yeah. Maybe five at training camp. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Got to get those. I don't think those guys are going to fight so, that, you know, five months. So with, but you, with that, do you think this would just change kind of the NBA schedule forever in that way? Like if, if this year we go into August and then they have off until let's say December, is that just the, like, I where, think so. Yeah. yeah. Which, which should be like that anyways. I think you don't want yeah. you don't want to compete against the NFL. such a big machine, you know? Uh, and you, it's not so bad to start after the NFL regular season. But if you're ending, if you're starting this timeline that we discussed, and then you're ending the season in mid-August, then you can start in December. And no one would complain about summer basketball. Like just no, have, no, that, right, right. That would be right. awesome. That would be awesome. Right, yeah. Now, yeah. there's one thing I wanted to ask you specifically, um, because we were talking about before just being able to, like, kind of what you do for players without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the last question before we get into our per 36 all-star, which is our signature segment. But when, for example, like when you part ways with a client, right, someone like Mitch, how, how um, kind of, first of all, how do you go about not really taking that personally? Especially it's like, because you are like in terms of you're probably not getting someone more committed interpersonally than you. But when you see someone go to a such a corporation like Clutch, you can't even really, like, you, you probably get it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. If, if on the surface it, it might seem like that and everything has been clean, yeah. right, you, you could understand that. Um, but we know what we signed up for in our business. Yeah. And yeah. this is, this is you get, the highs are very high and the lows sometimes are lows. And it's very lucrative, but it's also very risky. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, this this is like something it's like when someone wears their heart on their sleeve, uh, this is that that job, you know, you're doing so much for your client and that is exemplified by, by what I said. You're wearing your heart on your sleeve and really doing so much like me and you're out there and then all of a sudden you get, you know, you get terminated or the parting of ways and then, you know, you, you almost have to like just go deep with inside yourself and just realize, Hey, like you, you're going to either let this bury you or you're just going to move on, you know? And, and if you think that you got lucky, then you're probably going to be buried and you're done. But if you think that you can, you know, that you're confident in yourself, you can do it again. Uh, then, you know, you move on, but there's 500 certified agents in the NBA, like less than a hundred represent clients. And I think the turnover is probably every year, probably, you know, ten to twenty percent probably don't renew their their yeah. license. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're gone. You know, but but you know, I said, you, know, you never know what the future holds, even if a client uh, leaves you. You know, you yeah. never know what happens down the road. So, um, but yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. You know, what's with the times that we're in right now, and hopefully we get basketball back soon. So you guys don't have to have boring guys like me on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's better because now we can have <laughs> you, you on. <laughs> hey, you could, you could be our third co-host uh, anytime. Let's anytime. do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I, pre- I appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed today. Oh, man, it was great. You know, Thank you guys for the opportunity and the platform. And 
uh, you know, trust me when I say this, but people do notice what you guys do and people do appreciate your content and keep on putting out more content, especially on social media, you know, uh, and Twitter, especially that will only draw people in, you know, to what you're doing. Uh, but you know, keep on being different. That's what I like about what you guys do. Very, very different and, and never take no for an answer. We won't. Yeah. You want to, you want to get in yeah. person? So we ask, so, we ask every guest this question. Boot, take yes. it away. Oh yeah, I mean, so we're the per, you know, per thi- per thirty six pod. We like players who are per thirty six all stars. You know, players who go under the radar. You know, end events guys who who deserve a little more love. So we just wanted to know who yours would be. Our like you, mine is like. Want, if you want some Prince context, Copeland. Berman chose Ron Baker. Um, who did? I'm trying to say who did uh who did Macri choose? It was uh, uh I, don't I don't remember. But think of just any kind of under a pre. I mean, you probably have a really good sense of this because you kind of get a sense of the guys. But someone who's really underappreciated in terms of the media or just basketball stats world, but who you just have a uh um really like a a liking for. Oh man, there's there's a guy. That I watched since he was in college, uh, Gary Payton the second. Yep. Oh, oh I man. Admitted. T- tore it up summer league. He, he yeah. Tore- wow, man, that guy can't shoot still, really like a guard should, <laughs> but he's so strong. His arms are so long. He he makes up for the fact that he can't shoot by grabbing sometimes ten rebounds a game, and he's a steal threat every time he's out there. Good yeah, passer. I. I love that he's a steel threat like his dad. Speaking of yeah. per 36, last year for the Wizards in three games, he averaged 6.8 steals for 36. So, you know, that's pretty It's pretty good. Yeah, you like that? You like that? It's, yeah. That's what I do. This is what I do. He's, he's, he's the midden. His dad was a glove. He's the midden. That's okay. Yeah. That's an excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like I that, guys? I didn't come up with that. But no, no, yeah, no, it's no. perfect. That's perfect. He's good. He's good. Exactly. He is. He, yeah, I think... He's been in the, in and out of the league a little bit, right? But I think he's got the opportunity yeah. to to stick, you know. And and, and uh, his shooting has come around a lot. Yeah, yeah. no, big fan. Perfect. I'm a big fan of his game and 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 what he's doing. Yeah, I like him too. You always got I always root for a guy like that. That's like I, I always root for like the Suns. I like another per thirty six All Star. I'd say like that is David Stockton. Like he he put up like big numbers oh. for the Reno. Yeah. Reno. So, yeah, yeah, he's big, been big he had a little like, cup of tea, I think, with the Jazz on a ten day or something. I've actually, yeah, I think so. I looked that up last year. I remember that. I was like, whoa, that was awesome. You know, some people saw it as just a token thing, but he's he's balling. Yeah, he's his, his his per per thirty six numbers with the Jazz, he averaged forty points per game. I mean, he only played uh, nine total minutes, but <laughs> forty points for thirty six, pretty good. Come on, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we got, he also averaged 12 fouls for 36 minutes. So I guess he wouldn't, I guess he wouldn't get up to 40. But, uh, <coughs> but uh, anyways, thanks thanks so much for coming on. Thanks Do you have so any uh, yeah. specific to plug, promote yeah. or anything? Your social media. No, th- thank you guys uh, for the opportunity. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, like I said, basketball starting here pretty soon. I think um, – we are getting closer to having some sort of resolution. Maybe not what everybody wants to hear, um, but you know, I, I think we're getting, excuse me, we're getting closer uh, to that. 
Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a team like the Knicks finish off the season, right? Even yeah. though they're not playoff bound, what do you guys think? I would love it. I would love it. Yeah. I kind of would hope they lose so we get like better odds at number one, but I'd, li- I'd like to see, I'd like to see a, a bit more. I mean, you're, I, mean you're thinking, I, can't, I can't see anything. What do you guys like in the draft for the Knicks? I am a big LaMelo guy. I like Killian Hayes. Um, and I'm going to give you a little tip here. We are big uh, anti Cole Anthony people. <laughs> So, oh, really? Yeah, that? so so Cole you Anthony. With him at Knicks camp and he just, I was on his team at Knicks camp like, when I was younger. We went to camp really like five years, and he's he was my neighbor, until, literally neighbor until I was fifteen. And I've I've we we used to stand literally next to each other for the bus stop uh, in the mornings. Oh wow! Well, okay. He's a funny kid. He's a smart kid, but. I've just never gotten the sense like he would always whine. He would always complain if he didn't get the ball. Um, he's he always from when we were ten. He would just grimace with the refs. I wow, just you, you I, have I really, some insight. Yeah, no, I mean I'm telling you, I really uh, and I that think that stuff is like, important. And I think he likes I think he likes the clout a lot. I think he I think he uh, he's really into his social media and mixtapes. And I just. I mean, even when we saw with UNC, like, he came back UNC midseason. Would they go 0-6 in his first six games back? Oh, right, 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 right. I just I, – I like the kid. I just don't think he's a winner. And, and I don't with, think you like the kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love the kid. I don't love the kid. And <laughs> and with him being from New York, I mean, I think he's going to work somewhere else. I just – with him being from New York, and I know that if they drafted him, they would market him as, oh, the next New York point guard, Marbury, Telfair, Cole Anthony – yeah, and yeah. With Greg Anthony being his dad, I just think it's way too much on his shoulders, and it would be hard for me. Hey, Alex, do you notice like the soft flex from Simon? How he was neighbors with Cole Anthony, and he runs yeah. into uh, he, he runs oh, into okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Rich Kleiman. Like, where are you living at, dude? Where <laughs> right. you li- I yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he didn't. Right. He didn't get to the Bobby Webster right. in his apartment. Right. Oh, he's no. Bobby Webster. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> Webster tried to move into my building, but he couldn't afford it. Like, oh, he's yeah. also not. Isn't told totally like the Chris Smith hanging out with like Chris Smith and hey, Jared Smith hey, stories. Hey, oh, we could get the <laughs> Smith stories. Yeah, but that's not me like, like buddies with him. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, th- thank you guys for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully yeah. we'll have we will have you on again soon if you if you'd love it. I mean, we can. Thanks. Thank you. Third when host. There's more to talk about. You can be our uh, our honorary third co-host. Appreciate it. And uh, Alex, I hope you have a. A good birthday on Monday. Uh, oh, I, 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 I don't. I don't know when your birthday is, Simon. When's your June, birthday? June thirteenth. June. Okay, that, that's why I, I can't believe yeah, you. Yeah. I you can't believe you knew that. that. I saw. I, I saw you pull that on McCree. I was like, I wonder if he's gonna. I wonder if he's oh, gonna do that I for do. me too. I didn't. I, I, I didn't want you know my birthday. Well, oh, you guys are a day apart. I'm hoping, you know. I need, I need that yeah. follow back on Twitter now. I need that follow back on Twitter. Oh, I, I do I don't not follow have, you. Oh, no, I don't have the present. I don't I'll, have the I'll press. The yeah, I yeah I'll find okay. you on there. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, Thanks so much. Yeah, you guys, uh, no problem, man. You guys you awesome. keep on keeping on, man. Keep on doing what you guys are doing. Seriously, don't stop. And, uh, uh, but uh, also take care of business. I know this is a labor of love for you guys, you know, and you guys are doing different things. But whatever you're doing with school and whatnot, keep on doing it. But keep on putting out content. This is great. Thank you. I didn't have this. I didn't have this when I was younger. You know, and you guys do take advantage of that.
Thank you. We appreciate really appreciate it. it. Yeah. This was this was awesome.